Ladies and gentlemen, Chicago, where you at? The sound of fall. Founders of Filth Radio. With Felix the House Cat. What's up? This is Felix the House Cat. And this is the Uncut Conversation with the one and only Marshall Jefferson. There we go. Yeah. We got Marshall Jefferson. We got Marshall Jefferson. <laughs> oh, man, finally got it right. But MJ, we recording live for off radio. I guess you're my first Chicago guest, man. And uh, I'm honored. I'm honored. I remember when I was homeless and you let me stay with you, you know, yes. and we, we used to play. I wasn't homeless, but I was just kind of like in and out of in and out of situations. Marshall thought he was a John Madden King. <laughs> oh man, but then that was that's my decline. That was that, that was my, the beginning then of you, my decline. Then you went to then you went to Agent Empire and then you you got me into PC gaming and then I went on to StarCraft. I used to sit there yeah. and, and you would tell me the, the most that was very groundbreaking game, StarCraft. Everybody uses Zergs in every other game. In, in, I, in, in I, every I, game that followed that. I was, pro, I was Protoss. Did they do that Zerg rush? It would drive me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. People are like, what the hell are they talking about? I think we'll be talking about house music. They talking about some Zergling and my life for Aya. We don't get to that. We don't get oh, that. Well, you know, we used to play video games a lot back in the day. The Detroit, all the Detroit boys, Derry May, Kevin Saunders, and Juan, all of them played like uh, Double Dribble. And, <laughs> double and Dribble? Tech, and Tech Mobile, man. Yeah. Yo, oh, man. Well, Peyton, Peyton was a beast in Tech Mobile. Him and Bo Jackson. <laughs> Yeah, Bo, Bo, Bo Jackson was ridiculous, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man, I, I don't even know. You know, I think I met you through Roy. I think Roy Davis. Yeah, Roy Davis Jr. Yeah, Roy, you know, Roy taught me how to operate the MPC-60, and then you you, you signed him in the group called your Mosul, and he was yeah, you had to meet. He was like, you got to meet Marshall. You got to meet Marshall. I'm like, man, he's like the the, the, the god of house, the god of everything. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but Roy brought a Roy brought a tape over, man, and us started playing it. And within ten seconds, I said, "Oh, we're going. Let's go." Boom. And he didn't believe me. Goes, well, you know, until we went in the studio and, and did some of the cuts. Yeah, I'm gonna be hollering at him in one of the shows and stuff. But um, man, just just to let the people know, I'm sure they already know. Like Marshall Jefferson, like I don't even know where to start. I, I'll say, move your body, your house music anthem. You know, of course, you changed the game with that. Introducing the piano, you brought you brought gospel into you. You had everything into it. Trap, gospel, you name it. Like. That changed the game, and I'm sure you've done a million interviews where you talk about "Move Your Body" in the house music anthem. You know, but one of the tracks that really kind of just rocked me was uh, "Devotion." I was in high school when that came out, and I was at a, I was like a high school dance, and I was like a wallflower. <laughs> oh 
man. They put the bullshit on. I was like, what is this? I got so emotional. I'm like, and then when I found out it was you, I'm like, wow. You know, you're the first guy to bring Burst First Course Bridge and Toms. And I remember you telling me you got the Toms. No, JM Silk was. Actually, JM Silk did Shadows of Our Love and Music is the Key. And they even uh, like had rap verses. I mean, you, you know, uh, Steve Raptor and Keith Nunnally uh, sang. So, and 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 as a matter of fact, when we started performing "Move Your Body," J.M. Silk gave us our whole show. That was oh, man. Uh, uh, man. Keith taught us stage presence things that I, I'm still using to this day. All right, about how you get up there, uh, you you act like you the shit, right? You, you, that, you know. And, and man, you know, we took that to heart, man. And then Bushmore taught us the dance steps. You know, uh, we and we had an actual show when we finally came out. That was all J.M. Silk. So J.M. Silk, as far as the verse chorus thing, J.M. Silk did that. Then Farley and Jesse and Vince Lawrence uh, did Love Can't Turn Around, you know. Uh, I think we recorded Move Your Body before that, but Love Can't Turn Around was released uh, before Move Your Body, like five months or so, before Move Your Body was released, because Move Your Body took like a long time to come out. Also, Jesse Saunders did a, a, a another song, uh, you playing a scene under, don't really mean you're undercover. You know, that was that was right. undercover. That was Wayne Williams uh, and uh, as Dr. Derelict and stuff, right? So that was a song. Uh, I all, Jesse also did Those Pretty Girls Will Funk You Up. That was a yeah, song. Yeah, that's a cut. That's a cut. They all you cut, know. but not to take away any credit from you, but you, Marshall Jefferson, you took them times. And I remember you telling me that you was inspired by Led Zeppelin. That do 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 you said Led uh, that wasn't that wasn't Led Zeppelin on top. That was Led Zeppelin. That uh, you know, I used to use that QX1 to sing, sequence, right? Led Zeppelin. Uh, their first album is now. You can do this, right? Nobody believes me, but uh, Led Zeppelin played their first album at normal speed. All the other albums after that were sped up to make them sound like better musicians. <laughs> right. uh, no lie, no lie, right. Now you can tell this, if you, that their movie, the song remains the same. You play that along, the song remains the same album. The album is sped up, but the movie, obviously they couldn't speed it, speed it up because it'll look like chipmunks, right? This so is the, like movie is left at, the movie is left at a normal speed and it seems like it's dragging if you play it right next to the album. You can, this you is can like hear the Wizard of Oz, Pink Floyd, Sync type, red pill, blue pill stuff you talking. No, no, you can, you can, you can hear the timber changes. You can wow. hear the pitch changes. Right, you, you now you could do this, Felix. You're you're a producer, man. <laughs> you can do this, right? Right. So this is I've always known about this from from Led Zeppelin too, because I listen. You know, I listen to rock. I came up on rock and roll, right? right. So uh, I, when I got my QX one, the dude was describing to me in the music store, Guitar Center. Remember that? Right. So he was saying, with this QX1, you can play keyboards like Stevie Wonder, even if you don't know how to play at all, right? <laughs> so I said, oh, wow. Right? So, like, 
I was that's what I was thinking about Led Zeppelin, right? Led Zeppelin played it slower and they sped up, sped it up, right? So right. I said, man, I'm gonna play my stuff at 40 beats per minute. I'm gonna speed it up to 120, right? So, right. so, and that's exactly what I did. And QH1 had a blanket note, a length changer for each track. So, so if you if you because normally if you speed something up like 40 to 120. It goes so you got to lengthen every single note, and and the QS one, there was one push of a button you could lengthen every note in the song, and it'll sound natural then. Wow! So I knew exactly how 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 much to lengthen the notes, right? And boom, and that's what that's what happened because you know I. I, I wasn't playing nothing when I started, man. And like, I wound up playing all the instruments on all my stuff. And like, that's genius. But see, that's what I'm saying. Like, who who thinks of that? You know, that's, you know, and it goes on and on and on. Like, I was listening to Taste My Love uh, two or three days ago. You know, I'm going to play that on the show. And that track right there is, is emotional. Well, Kim Mazzell sung that, right? Yeah, Kim Mazzell sang that. Yeah, that, that was another thing, Kim. Uh, I met Kim and this girl named Cynthia at a party at Park West, right? Right. And uh, you know, the other girls talked. Cynthia was talking. I was like, oh, "Baby, I can sing. I can. I can sing. I can sing my ass off." So, Dwayne Powell was with me. I said, "Okay, Dwayne, let's get these girls in the studio." And just Kim was like real quiet. She said, "She said, uh, okay, well, I can sing too and stuff, right?" So, so okay, we're gonna get back. The shy girl singing background, we're going to get the loud girl to sing leads, right? Because, you know, we didn't <laughs> have nobody back then. So, go to the studio the next day, right? Uh, so, Kim's to lay down all the backgrounds. Straight through, no mistakes. Boom. Taste my love. All right. He jamming. Let's get this girl up. Sing the lead. Cynthia got up there saying we couldn't sing. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, she was bad. Oh man! Right, so like, I thought, like, damn, you know. So, so Dwayne's like, oh, well, maybe she doesn't know the song. Give her some time to work. I said, yeah, that's that's all right, you know. But fuck that. We, I mean, forget that. We're gonna get the girl that sung the backgrounds to sing the lead, and that was Kim Mazelle. So Kim sang, Kim sang the lead, and that was it. You know, she knocked it out. Boom, her first song. I just wanted the listeners to know you're like the the greatest storyteller of all time. Like <laughs> we we could be we could talk for hours and stuff. And I'm just gonna keep this running because it's so that that's a great story, Marshall. <laughs> well, that's, that's it. Thing. Actually, you never told me that one. Yeah, that's in my book. I wrote a book. Oh snap! You got to tell us about your book. Well, this, uh, we have a launch party in uh, London, April 26th. Okay. okay. Yeah, well, and uh, yeah, we the launch party is April twenty sixth. Uh, it was co-written, well, well, really written by Ian Snowball. You know, he uh, he just listened to all the all the stuff I was saying and he wrote it down. Right. Wow. wow. Yeah, well, so y'all go uh, get Marshall if y'all in London. I don't know if it's a private party or name of the. The name of the book is yeah, Diary of a DJ, Marshall Jefferson. Okay, so can we can we can we oh, talk about Olymp- Olympia Publishing? Okay, cool. I'm gonna plug that. It's coming out on hard hardcover first. That's what's up. Do I get a signed copy? 
Yeah, you I'll can buy one. Too. I'll buy one too, of course. Yeah, I gotta support. Okay. I gotta support. I was gonna ask you. Um, I was gonna ask you about Ten City, the first uh, house music band to kind of like. I don't. I don't. I don't like categories, but I have to say that sometimes for the for the for, for the new kids who don't have a clue, and um, I, I think Ten City was like one of the, or the like first big house music band with like proper structure to come out of Chicago and just shock the world and you know well they, you know like I said before Jam Silk was before us and they were on a major <laughs> label before us so what, you know that, are you a Virgo are you a Virgo yeah Virgo Virgo I'm, I'm Virgo you know, sometimes us Virgo I'm I came Virgo out too. Us I'm Virgo, Virgo the artist I'm Virgo the artist too, you know. I, I did know, a Virgo go wild rhythm yeah, track. I know, right? I, yeah. Man, I, you like as soon as you said that you got house to house, you got Virgo, you got Ten City, you got Jungle Ones. That time, Mark is yeah. one of my all-time faves. Ride the rhythm, me and Derek, yeah. me and Spades, all your stuff is the is my face. But your Virgoism, you you seem to push the credit away from yourself and sometimes you gotta claim that Marshall Jefferson throne so well like people that I've been seeing like people be like well Felix you know you did this and then I'm like well I got my and this is what I told him I said I got my song structure and bass lines from Marshall Jefferson you know I said like Marshall taught me how to kind of like make house more melodic and I say when it comes to like the, the well you're the melody king Felix <laughs> oh, man you had some deep stuff I, man I like some some stuff you did with Harrison Crump too man yeah we gotta get Harrison I appreciate uh, that Crump man Day. that's all but that's all inspired from you all that stuff's inspired from you you know I would say I was, when people ask me, I say Marshall Jefferson, DJ Pierre, Jamie Principal, and Prince. Those are that's my DNA makeup, you know, you know, and, and a little yeah. bit of Robert, a little bit of Robert Owens and stuff. So, you know, us Virgos, we we like to push away, but you know, the Marsh, like you've done things like, you know, I didn't I didn't get hip to someday to like later on. I didn't even realize you did someday to like years after. I met you, which is insane. You know, and like, you know, all of your stuff. Right oh, CC tore that record up, man. You hear the vocal on that, man. I know, man. I'm gonna rock. Oh that man, CC got you know, CC graduated graduated from Berkeley College of Music, man. And I, I mean, he's he, he's such a good keyboard player, man. That like, with his manager sent him to Chicago, Billy Press, right? His manager right. sent him to Chicago. He specifically told CC not to play keyboards in front of me because, you know, he didn't want him to intimidate me, right? <laughs> right. But CC is like, he's like a man, the ultimate performer and show off, right? And I had women in the studio, you know, big boob women too, right? <laughs> and CC got there, man, and he saw them girls, he immediately hopped on the first grand piano he saw, man, that motherfucker. He started tearing it up, man. Right, and and, and he did he did the, the vocal for Sunday in one take, man. Oh wow, man! That's he had the, he had the girls crying in the studio, man. Oh, man. But you know, it, it, you know, we we said he was just 
we told him uh, to warm up and stuff, but we recorded his <laughs> warm up. God, you know, you know we do that, man. We always record the warm ups. Right, and that's that ends up being the tape. Yeah, man. He, that's in my book too. That that uh, that's a you know that that session and stuff. Marsha, I'm going to have you on the show like every episode. Just to be like, you know, like like Marshall Jefferson true house music stories. Like, what's, what's your favorite track you ever produced yourself? Your favorite song, like your favorite Marshall Jefferson? Uh, well, uh, it was never released. Uh, it was by this girl named Vicky Ryan. It was called Love is Just a Game. Do you, do you still have it at? You have a real, real to real? I think I might, but it's uh, it, it's got the Chicago Symphony Orchestra on it. Oh, okay. That was one. That's all? Just the Chicago Symphony Orchestra? <laughs> yeah. That song, that song, uh, yeah, that, I thought it was, but it never came out. <laughs> but, Are you going to replay it? Are you going to try to get that rocking? Or? I don't know, man. I mean, it's 20-something years, 25 years later, right? Your music is time. Man, she was, man, Vicky was a beautiful, beautiful girl, right? Uh, She got signed to SBK Records, you know. They had Vanilla Ice and they had Vanilla (laughs) Vanilla Ice and Wilson Phillips and Technotronic on the label, you know. I'm sorry, I just cold, man. I just got it this morning. So when I'm oh, happy to make me laugh, I cough every second. So I'm sorry about I'm that. I'm sorry about that. You know, coughs catch catch on too. I think I'm I'm gonna cough myself now. Yeah. So how did you how did Tin City come come together? You know, Stingley, you know, and Burke and stuff. Oh, how did, okay. How, All right. Okay. It started out as a group ragtime. We took them out on the road with us. Uh, they, they made a song called I Can't Stay Away. I produced the song. Okay. And uh, it was mixed by Frankie Knuckles, uh, Ron Hardy, and Lil mm. Lewis. Mm. Oh, you, oh, you will make me emotional up in here. Yeah, you got to hear You got to hear that song. But that was the first song uh, Byron sang that was high, where he sang in the higher voice because I heard the song he did with this group called Dead Seven. And he was, you know, I met finally met Byron because the lyrics on uh, on Funny Funny Love were great, right? And so 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 uh, so I said, well, I met Byron. He's a big dude, you know, right? And so I so, so you know I was working with Byron on a couple of cuts, and, and I said, I know this dude got some power, you know, because he's big, right? Right. And and uh. You know, we working on I Can't Stay Away and in the middle of the song in the ad libs he started singing high. That's where his power was, man. Boom. Ah, he was like, God. Right? <laughs> so so you know, we uh we were out on the road performing Move Your Body and stuff, right? So we brought Byron Byron Stingley, Byron Burke on the ro- road with us. They were uh doing uh I Can't Stay Away live, right? So uh, we had nine gigs in one weekend. So Byron said, "Hey, why don't we meet with the major labels and stuff while we're in while we're in New York and stuff? Let's stay over a whole uh, extra week." Man, Byron made the most of that week. He called up all the majors. Man, we got meetings and stuff. Wow. And, and uh, yeah, man, he coordinated with Dwayne Powell, so we had the deals ready and everything, right? So, mm-hmm. but the, it, it, 
Yeah, it didn't start out easy, man, because like our first meeting was with this dude, Scott Folks from Capitol Records, right? We met him in his office and he said something and I thought he was joking, so I started laughing, but he got really offended, right? <laughs> he started, man, he started talking about me and Byron, man. He said, y'all never be nothing, you're unprofessional. Y'all know it, just, you're wasting my time. For like over an hour, man, we were sweating bullets like a three-digit fever, man. We was, oh, man, we, oh, what am I doing here? Oh, you know, but man, our next meeting was with Merlin Bob over at Atlantic Records. Man, he liked everything we we were talking about, man. You know, yeah, bring it, bring it to us, bring it to us. You know, we signed it. Wound up getting CC Rogers signed, uh, uh, Kim Mazel signed. Anything Byron would have done, yeah. What, it, they wanted Paris Brightledge, and it's all right. But you know, uh, Sterling Boyd is so the. Yeah, you didn't so produce the, that, did you, Marshall? Um, my trip is. Did you produce that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a, that's another story. Terms. Yeah, that that's a that's a whole other story. That's that. I didn't know that, Marshall. I, I feel like I thought I knew every Marshall produced track. I thought yeah, it was but, all him biting Marshall Jefferson. Uh, no, 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 no. no, no. You know, he, he, he actually worked with Marshall Jefferson. When Promise uh, Land came out, everybody thought you did Promise Land under Alias. No, that was Joe's. No, that was Joe's. Joe I know Joe did it. Yeah, Joe did it. I remember Joe. it came out. Everyone's like, "Is this Marshall's new one?" <laughs> yeah, we, I think. I think so Ten City was. Ten City was particularly, particularly upset about that because you know Joe, Joe and Peter Black used to hang out in the studio with us, right? And uh, <laughs> Joe, Joe came out with that bad and uh, they didn't like it too much, you know. Man, don't let him back, don't let him in the studio no more. That should be a great uh, influence, yeah. No, nah, well, Joe is just uh, exceptionally talented, man. And yeah, so is Peter Joe. Black, God rest his soul, man. Wow. But, uh, you just got me saying, wow, every sentence. I can't even. Usually when I do an interview, I'm usually talking, and, and my girl's like, Felix, stop talking, let people talk. But like, every time I'm like holding on to every house music. Uh, I'm hitting every a different stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you remember the other house we lived in that was on Artesian and Inglewood in Chicago, right? I didn't that stay there. I think I stayed in the one near in River Oaks, I think. Yeah, that was uh, that was Calumet City and River Oaks, right? And uh, that was a, the one before that was similar. We had Reggie Hall there. We had Kay Alexi there. We had Mike Dunn, Sherman Burks, Charles yeah, I'm gonna be Alexander. Talking to Mike I'm going to be talking to Mike Dunn this week. So you yeah, any words for the Mike Dunn? Yeah, Goldie. tell him I said, hey, Goldie. <laughs> because uh, Bam Bam was there. Because Bam, we were called Mike. We would call Mike Goldie because, uh, you know, after the Mac, that movie, the Mac, you know, we called him Goldie because he was. <laughs> yeah, you know, Mike Dunn is like my favorite deep house DJ. I mean, like real deep. I don't want to say they call now. Like, like, I don't. Go ahead. We, I don't want to say. I don't want to say Mike. Mike had control of the hoes. He, uh, he, the young ladies. <laughs> Oh my God. But Mike, <laughs> Mike, yeah, Mike was, uh, yeah, 
Oh, Mike was Mike was uh That's great. That's one heck of a Mike house, was a man. man. He was All he was y'all. my heroes. He was my hero, man. I'll tell you. Did you do Dance Mother? Did you produce that? No, I didn't produce that. That was that was Mike, man. Well, my you know, now that I'm finding out some of these tracks that I didn't know you produced, because even that Dance Mother has that that vibe. I thought maybe y'all did it together since y'all had Well, actually, Hugo Hutchinson, Mike Dunn, and Kyrie used to live in the Sheba, that, that club, the Sheba Baby. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and uh, well, actually, they they lived they first lived in La Mirage together. They they oh, were that's they crazy. Were, yeah, yeah. And I I loaned them my keyboard and my drum machines. I got my keyboard. I, I got my keyboard back, but I left 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 them with the drum machine. Tyree made it was an 808 drum machine. Tyree made I fear the night with that. I fear the night. I fear the night. Yeah. Now, I don't she know was what a I, but that track was the bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I fear the night. Yeah, that was Tyree. And, that was and you go, you go there. The yeah, 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 and, and uh, yeah. So that was that's Tyree and Mike Dunn and Hugo. So MJ, like. I was gonna ask you about Move Your Body. Who who broke who broke Move Your Body? Like, was it Ron Hardy or? Yeah, it was Ron Hardy. Man, it was playing. It was playing all over the city within weeks, right? And so Ron Ron told me not to give it to anybody else. I said, Oh, fine, man. you know, so I'm not worried about. It. But Sleazy Man, you know, he was, you know, he was getting Sleazy in the music D, that box, is, right? Sleazy, Sleazy D. D. He was getting in the music box free. He wanted to get in the power plant free, right? <laughs> so he gave a copy. He gave a copy to Frankie Knuckles, and Frankie started banging it, right? Okay. So you know, between Rod and Hardy, it's all over the city, then, right? You know, so mm-hmm. you know, it's playing. So Frankie's best friend happened to be Larry Levan. They gave Larry Levan a copy of it and started playing in New York. Then I had like. Uh, you know, people like Abigail Adams calling me from New York and stuff, you know, and she, See, that's, you know, that, we, that's like, man, that's, that's yeah, because Abby had a, Abby had a record store, man, and she was on it, right? So like, you know, Abby like knew every, everybody on the East Coast back then and stuff, so she was like talking about it and stuff, and then uh, these kids got to know that was viral before viral. That was like rocking that, it yourself. Out. That was old school viral, man. Right? <laughs> so like, so like, uh, Alfredo got a copy of it in Ibiza. He started playing it, and then the, the London boys started playing it, like uh, Jazzy M. Right? Jazzy M started playing it in London, and everybody. Then people started calling me from England and stuff, including Jazzy. Jazzy, I would talk to Jazzy the most, man. I would talk to Jazzy for like three hours at a time, man. Okay, he would call, okay. and it would be on his. You you remember how much phone long distance phone calls from England would be cost at that time? <laughs> I must be my parents' basement, and I ran my my office there, and my mom would be getting two thousand dollar bills. Like, Man, Jazzy, me and Jazzy would talk. I was I was in Jazzy cassettes, right, with like Jamie Principal and all that stuff, and, and, and he was playing on the radio, right? So when we finally got out out there for like the first house music tour and stuff, right? Man, everybody knew all the songs. 
that Benji Espin Benji Espinosa from DJ International. Benji and Rocky flew all these reporters out here to Chicago, and they were interviewing us before Move Your Body even came out. We were re- we were re-recording a 24-track version of Move Your Body, and the studio was full of reporters. Wow. And, 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 yeah, and, and the, the guys, man, like Curtis McClain, Thomas Carr, Ruby Forbes, right? They, uh, you know, they got intimidated by that, man, because nobody, same background. You listen to that, that DJ International version of Move Your Body, ain't nobody singing background, man. Everybody singing lead, man. They're like, <laughs> You know, that's a mess, man. Everybody likes, everybody wanted to stick out and stuff, right? So I go, man. (laughs) This song ain't got no backgrounds no more. So, you know, we did that DJ International version. I didn't know it was the DJ International version. That's a DJ International version. It's a 24-track version, man. And, and, uh, yeah, and, and, uh, yeah, man, the background vocals are a mess on it, man. It's still yeah, I'm about to break this interview. I'm about to break this interview up. This, I'm going to put a segment in the show called Monster Jefferson's House Music Story. I'm going to break this up. What's this by the book? Marshall Jefferson, Marshall Jefferson's Diary of a DJ, just by the book. Can you do the ID right now? Marshall Jefferson, Diary of a DJ. Let me cut that up so I can put it out. <laughs> No, I just say it, man. Marshall Jefferson's Diary of a DJ. That's it. Olympia Publishing. Got you. Marshall Jefferson, Diary of a DJ. It's coming out April 26th. We have a launch party in London. So what you working on now? That's the plug, y'all. Support them. I'm working on a show in Chicago called the Chicago House Symphony. It's supposed to be May 24th. Uh, it's okay. supposed to be a 45-piece orchestra, the Chicago Jazz Philharmonic, uh, led by Orbert oh, Davis. Nice. Uh, vocalists are going to be C.C. Rogers, Kim Lazelle, Tim City, Jungle Ones, Paris Brightledge, Sleazy D. And, uh, mark that on the calendar. Yeah, it, it, I talked to you before. I talked to you a couple months ago. You were like retired. I'm like, don't retire, yeah. Jay. You so you out of retire? It's a free concert. The Chicago Jazz Philharmonic Orchestra. What? Uh, Orbert is the leader of the Chicago Jazz Philharmonic. He started out uh, doing, you know, scoring for house music. Cause you know he had he had his his uh, band Grand Staff. It was a horn band, right? And uh, you know I wanted to put strings on the Ten City stuff, and I, you know, he said, "Hey, I know how to write down the dots and stuff." And, you know he, That's and he wrote amazing. he wrote down the dots, man. And yeah, he he man, he, you always a step ahead, man. Always a step yeah. ahead, man. And you back then we were we were working with those the, like members of the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, right? So now Orbert has his own or- orchestra. You know, he's black dude. You know, so like, you, you know, back then when, when we were first starting out, you know, it, we had a translation problem because Orbert will like, uh, you know, write like funky parts on down on the dots of the people from the Chicago Symphony. These were like old white people, right? So they, what's that? You know, and he would, 
Orbit would explain it in classical music terms. Oh, so this, 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 this oh, you know, so they would play, they would play funky and they didn't know they were playing funky, right? So, you know, now his orchestra, you know, uh, you know, younger people and stuff, you know, and a lot more integrated and ethnic, you know, That's and, you know, he don't really, you know, they know how he works. They don't, he doesn't really have to explain how to be funky and right. stuff, you know, the right. notes on the page, uh, okay, that's funky, you know, so they know it. So that's, you know, that's what we're trying to do. Uh, May 24th is a free oh, that, concert. That's oh, that's great, Marshall. I know, Pete Tong, in, I know Pete Tong. In Millennium Park. Oh, Pete Tong did it. Uh, yeah, I know here in, uh, it, but it, it'd be amazing. The Hacienda did it. Hacienda Classical, yeah, Graham Park and Mike Pickering did it. Yeah, uh, Cream did it. Dave Beer did it. Well, guess uh, what? Back Marshall, to basics. Marshall Jefferson about to do it. Shoot, you could perform it. Uh, oh, you got two hours of hits. Man, I was more than that, man. If they, if they <laughs> There's that Virgo. There's that Virgo in you. <laughs> it's hard, man. It's hard. It's some, putting something like that together is, is very right. difficult. It's not. But uh, what what happened was in my, in, you know, it's the Chicago House Festival weekend, right? I didn't and, know uh, was, so, is this the is this is this the uh, it's a, it's, is this the it's, chosen uh, few? May twenty third, twenty fourth, and twenty fifth. This is not the chosen few. This is like a month and a half before the chosen few. Okay, is this the first right. festival? I didn't know they had a house music festival. Yeah, they've had it the, like the last couple of years and stuff. It's like sixty thousand people go there, but it's what? free. Yeah, it's free in Millennium Park. Okay, we got to tell him to get to Marshall Jefferson Street, too. We got to get the rock still. I ain't there. Cool. I'm not there, man, so I can't, you know, I can't organize anything I'm like sure, that. You know, I'm, sure I, people, I think so. I'm Terry Hunter, got some connects. Mike Dunn, they got some connects up there to get that Marshall Jefferson. Move your body street, make them dance. Uh, That'd be yeah, dope. Got, Move your body weight. Marshall Jefferson, nah. move your body weight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not worried about it, man. I just, if I could get, if I could get this, uh, this concert right, then I'll be, I'll be happy. Well, you already put it out there in the universe, so that's a done deal, baby. So, in I hope so. I'm gonna wrap it up because you gave me because I talk too much. No, not at all. I'm <laughs> so hype. I want to edit. I might. I might end up hitting you back for some more. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> well, I love you, MJ. You like. You know. You like my hero. Love you too, all. brother. And I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Thank you again, brother. Got keep that. inspiring. Keep changing the world. Keep giving people butterflies. Keep having people making babies and having weddings, then getting divorced and getting remarried. Do it all, baby. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, <baby. laughs> All right, take all right. it easy, Peace, Peace, man. All right, peace. This has been a Founders of Filth production.